You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. from Coolidge, Arizona. We are so pleased to be able to uh, bring you another episode today of the words of Jesus as recorded by the Apostle John, uh, a large section of chapter 8 of the Gospel of John. That's what we've been looking at for the previous four uh, get-togethers. This is uh, July the 16th. 2023. Now, um, we're going to be looking at verses 33 and following through about 45, if we get there. And I just want to reaffirm uh, what was said last week just a little bit in the scriptures. Last week we read that many of the Jews had come to believe in the words of Jesus. That was a wonderful thought. Um, And from that, of course, the conversation continued with Jesus and and the Jews. I got a feeling that most of the folks that were believing weren't saying too much, uh, but listening a lot. And those that were doing the talking, of course, uh, were in a more of an adversarial role at that time. But many had come to believe in the words of Jesus, and this is the key phrase, because Jesus uses it over and over again, his words. His words, and where did those words come from? He said clearly time and time again, that the words that he that he says, the words that he uh, teaches from, are the very words he has heard from his father. But still, there were there some that just seemed to come to argue. But I'm sure others had real questions too, not really knowing 
of course, who he was. They had not done their homework, as I said many times. They were not willing, some of them were not willing to let their hearts be softened enough to listen to Jesus. But we find through it all, Jesus being very patient with them, even using very uh, clear, logical uh, terms and answers to questions. But even the logic doesn't seem to move them, some of them, to the point that they would try, that they would really try to reason with the words of Jesus. Um, in the Old Testament, we have a phrase. I think it's uh, in Joel, or uh, one of the one of the prophets, where God is quoted as saying, "Come, let us reason together." That's God speaking to the uh, the people of the first covenant. Come, let us reason together. God's willing to reason together. Isaiah 118. Isaiah 1.18. Come now, God says, let us reason together, saith Jehovah. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. And if you be willing and hearken, you shall eat the good of the land. You see, friends, it's all attitude. A posture, if you will, even. Now, of course, there's always the positive and the negative. The negative is if you don't, if you won't try to reason, if you won't give God a chance to teach you, then you you will be devoured by your own devices. And Jehovah has so spoken, as it says in verse, verse 20. For the mouth of Jehovah has spoken. This is what Jesus is dealing with just now, as he has recorded in chapter 8. I want to reread the passage 38, 33 through 38, so we're up to speed on it. And of course, the Jews are arguing about their lineage and their freedom and their fathers, and things of that sort with Jesus, who knows (laughs) all things. You know, from our perspective, we see uh, it it is so, you know, it unfolds in front of us, and we realize really some of the things they say. But but remember, put yourself in their place. Um, They were coming from a real lack of information. Good information, just as many today are concerning Christianity. But in verse 33, we read this. They answered him, Seed of Abraham we are, and to no one have we ever been servants at any time. How dost thou say you shall become free? And Jesus answered them, Verily, verily, I say to you, everyone who is committing sin is a servant of the sin. And then he gives an illustration. Verse 35, And the servant doth not remain in the house to the age. The son doth remain to the age. Now he's giving them the categories. You see, they are to be, they are the servants. While he is the son, he is with he is in the kingdom of God and doth remain there. Verse thirty six If then the son may make you free, in reality you shall be free. See that's a freedom that they weren't considering considering really what true freedom was. Uh you know, they considered as long as they were in rebellion to their overseers. They were really free men. Well, that's been tried and failed. 
bad attitude. Verse 37 and 38. I have known that you are seed of Abraham, but you seek to kill me because my word hath no place in you. I, that which I have seen with my father do speak, and you, therefore, that which you have seen with your father, you do. All right, we discussed some of this, but looking at um, the idea of the sin issue that Jesus is talking about, everyone who practices sin, you see, this is a little different application, if you will. The practicing of sin is the idea of willful sinning. In other words, something that's in a continual uh, continual situation within a person's life. It's also rebellion towards God, the lawgiver, obviously. But here's the part that is comes out is that they're not they're not concerned with it, sin. They don't never bring it up <clears throat> unless it has something to do with someone else. But the gravity of this sin, the willful sinning, is not their concern, it seems, but it should be. Now remember what it says in verse 37 and 38. Because it's very important. Well, first, Jesus acknowledges that they are the seed of Abraham, physically. But, they also were seeking to kill him. Now, no one said that, but he knew what they were thinking. And by the way, how surprised would you have been if you would have been there thinking just that and Jesus said such a thing as that? I think you would have been a little bit uh, taken aback. Correct, correct me if I'm wrong, but the promise that was made to the seed of Abraham that that seed was not all of the people, but the Messiah, and the people through the Messiah could be could partake of that promise. And That's the, right. the Jews had an issue with that. They correct, right? I mean, they they the, they felt as if the whole family was entitled to the promise. Well, they were looking at it in a different way. Yeah, uh, very physical, very you know. Because Abraham, the whole issue of Abraham, the whole issue of the covenant is that that this is where the Redeemer will come from. They needed a Redeemer when Abraham received the promise and and later Moses received the law. They needed a Redeemer every day. And that's what the seed is. The seed is, of course, resorting, it's, it's talking about the, the Messiah born to the physical uh, posterity of Abraham through his son and, and on it goes the patriarchs that's why the the um, the lineage of the Jewish people was to remain pure uh, be, be remembered recorded and taken care of in a very special way because there would come a time when the Messiah would have to be able to show his credentials if you will for his position. And of course, Jesus had those credentials uh, in way of lineage and, and, and all the script, more than, I think, 200 passages, uh, prophetic passages concerning the Messiah. He said himself, he talked about how he would, you know, set, set mother against daughter and father against son and brother against, right. you know. It, it wasn't overwhelmingly believed, and Jesus, of course, understood this, and and God did too. But you know, this is the issue. This how this is how we know that man has free will, yeah. because if they did not, there would be no rebellion towards God. Sure. So free will is a two-edged sword, isn't it? It is. This this whole issue surrounds whether or not His word has any kind of place among you. That's right. 
My word has no place in you. But there's going to be a reason why his word has no place in them. You see, he says it, but they might say, why? Why why would you say that? Well, it's going to come up in the passage that we read this morning. But that's exactly their condition. Those that were opposed to him, his, his word had no place in them. And he makes it clear that his word is the word from the Father. That is the God in heaven, the creator. And he has been with the Father, you see. He has heard the word from his Father. He has been with the Father. They have not. So really they should have listened. Now, this always reminds me, uh, well, before I say this, I'm going to, going to say this first. You either believe in what Jesus is saying or as Jesus makes clear you will perish in your unbelief due to your sin, sinful condition. You either believe in it or you don't. But it is your choice. Jesus could have forced them all to their knees. He could have forced them to speak and said they believe, but that's not what we find in Scripture. That's what men do to men, not what God does to men. John 3, 8, the work of the Messiah. First John 3, 8, rather. First John 3, 8. He that practices sin is of the devil. This is what Jesus is talking about. For from the beginning, now what beginning would that be? That would be the beginning, the creation. All that is known to man, all that is in the created physical world from the beginning, from that point. That doesn't mean there wasn't, there wasn't, and I can't I hate to use the word time before this, a, a presence, let's say, God's presence and the presence of his son before this time, before the beginning. To this end, that means the work of, the, that's what this is, to the end, the work, the end work of the Messiah. To this end, the son of God has been manifested which means that he is clearly seen and heard that he might undo the works of the devil. All right? That's a a, uh, um, definition of of what it it means to to destroy uh, or greatly hinder, you know, the works of the devil. In as few of words as possible as to what Jesus was doing here, it's this. Mm-hmm. That's what he's doing, isn't it? By revealing the truth, he is undoing these works one thing at a time. That's all of the works. That's all of the works of, of, of the devil. Okay. Now, this what I was going to say before is this reminds me of the passage in uh, in the Pentateuch, and I I don't remember exactly where the quotation is, but Moses speaking to to of course the Israelites in the wilderness before they crossed over, before they received, re, reached the Promised Land, he told them that there was one coming after him that was greater than he was, and that they must. Listen and do as he says, or be cut off from their people. This is coming to pass as Jesus is speaking. We see this unfolding in chapter 8, and of course in the Gospels themselves. This is what we find unfolding. And we need to always remember that. I need to get that passage and write it in my Bible somewhere where I can always turn to it. 
But the Jews had an understanding concerning the Messiah. And unfortunately, they were like people always are. They minimize these things that they don't feel is is uh, anything that is necessary for them to be concerned with. They don't. They do not give it the priority that, of course, it should have had. And what Moses said to the people was a profound statement to them. But he said many things that were profound to them. Now we're going to we're going to move on to to verses 39 through 45. Just uh, want to read, uh, go to the passages and read them. Uh, and we're going to find out why Jesus, the word of Jesus to them has no place in them. Because we need to know. They need to come to an understanding who their father is. Who is the father of the unbelieving Jews? Now, I use the word unbelieving because when they're, if they don't believe Jesus, they're unbelieving Jews as a definition. That's what they are. Um, they're still Jews. They're still from, from, the, uh, from Abraham physically. They still are, are, have access to the promise. They are still under the law. They're all of that, but they're also unbelieving when the Messiah is speaking to them. And this is a very important thing. But Jesus is going to reveal it. So let's listen to this, and then we can talk about the various terminology. Verse 39, they answered and said to him. By the way, they're they're ready with an answer always. Our father is Abraham. And Jesus saith to them, If children of Abraham you were, the works of Abraham you would you were doing. And now, he repeats it, you seek to kill me, a man who has spoken to you the truth I heard from God. This Abraham did not. So Abraham is not in the condition that they were. Abraham believed God, remember? God honored and and said that he was righteous because he believed what God had said. Even transmitted trans, uh, through an angel, he believed the word of God. But they were not. Jesus has told them that his word is from God. Isn't it the same thing? I believe it is. So he goes on in his revelation to them, You do the works of your father. They said, therefore, to him, we are, uh, we are not illegitimate. Our one father we have, God. Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you were loving me, for I came forth out of God. By the way, that's ek in there. It's always out of God. And and am come, for neither have I come of myself, but he sent me. So Jesus always covers all the things that he has said to confirm his, uh, his proclamations here, or declaration, if you were. So he's saying God is not their father if they do not love him if they do not believe him. And believing him starts with knowing and believing that he was sent from God. As the Messiah was prophesied to do, sent from God to the people of the covenant through through birth. And the prophet spoke well of it, even the location. And the time, and also that in the time. Read Daniel. We find the time laid out. Wherefore, do you not know my speech? Because you are not able 
to hear my word. Now he's back to the question. Why why don't you understand what I'm saying? Verse 44. You are of a father. The devil. And the desires of your father you will do. You will to do. He was a manslayer from the beginning. And in the truth, he hath not stood, because there is no truth in him. When one may speak the falsehood of his own, he speaketh, because he is a liar also his father, or the father of liars. And because I say the truth, you do not believe me. You see how Jesus ends this? He's saying that they cannot recognize the truth because if it isn't a lie, they won't believe it. He's describing their condition to them. And we just wonder how many came to the understanding. This is a logical argument that is we have an eyewitness here of of why this is all true. It's Jesus himself. And his Father in heaven is proclaiming that he is who he says he is. This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. All right. So let's, let's consider this. First, the Jews claim that Abraham was their father. They also claim that God was their father. But Jesus makes it clear that their disbelief of the teachings and the words of Jesus and their hatred towards him make their claims to be false claims. They're not, they're false. They've removed themselves from from the family by their actions towards Jesus, the Messiah. For they had rejected also, in in rejecting Jesus, they were also rejecting Abraham, Moses, the prophets, the laws given by God and administered by the angels through Moses to the people of the covenant. Thus, they know not the one sent from God. Their condition is because they are their father is the father of lies. He is influencing them. They've made him his father, you know, their father. Their, by, by their own by their own doing. It's by their it's, own doing. They talk about, you know, we we afford them we're uh, you know, we're not born, we we're not illegitimate. They right. they weren't physically, but in their hearts and in their their spirit they chose a different path. They were thinking, in, in, in the physical sense, they were correct. In the spiritual sense, in, in, the, in the truly the... the uh, as it relates to the kingdom. As it relates to their creator, they were in opposition to him. Yeah. And Jesus is trying to make this clear to them because you know something? They have the ability to change their thinking. They were not lost. They were not lost because they had an opportunity. Listen to the word. God gave them the ability to make a decision. Just as God gave Cain the ability to start doing what was right and pleasing to God so that he felt good again, he gave him every tool necessary to do it was given to Cain the ability the ability he had within himself to resist Satan resist evil now he chose evil but he had the ability to resist it why how do i know that because god said he did this is their condition at the time Jesus said in verses 43 to 45, Why do you not know 
my speech. In other words, his words. Why do you not understand it? Because you cannot hear my word. That's what he said. That's why they, they're they not accepting it. They can't hear it. They're not hearing it, if, if you understand the meaning of that. Uh, and that's a very important point. Why are they not hearing it? Because you are of the devil, your father. This is a hard teaching to deliver to someone standing in front of you, listening to you. This is the last thing you would have thought someone would say to people. But he was trying to tell them it was the truth. And it's it's uh, that word ek is, is used um, uh, here also. Um Verses 43 through 45. Yes, there it is. You, uh, there's that, out of your your father, the devil. So th- this is this is what they, they heard. They understood the meaning. They were, their father, their family was was now him. Who is who? Is who. He is the adversary of God. He is the uh, those. He is the one that speaks against God's covenant people. In fact, he he terrifies and torments them constantly, with within their minds and their hearts. I was totally destroyed the original sin concept. Oh, definitely. <laughs> Just that's that's free. Yeah. No, it it certainly does. Now, out of the devil, a murderer from the beginning, and has not stood. Now, here here's a, a part of grammar here. The idea of stood is in perfect tense. That truly means that it has what has has been in the past and continues to be. This isn't just a past tense, but now maybe he's coming around. No. It's who he is. He has always stood in this position when God found evil within him. He has not stood. Now, what is it he has not stood for? Not stood in the truth. You see, the truth is God's word. We keep coming back to Jesus keeps coming back to. And it is indeed what we need to come back to in our uh, our thinking. Don't put anything, anything between you and the truth, the Word of God. Don't put any person, any, any doctrine, any group of any kind. So this is the nature of Satan. He is not stood in the truth. And he is the one that is influencing them not to hear the words of Jesus. Now, when man rejects, just to look at this in a, in a way, uh, when man rejects the words of Jesus, the Messiah, and his holy apostles who came later, he is instead believing the lie, the lie, if you will. And that the, that lie is the realm of Satan and his minions, of course. In the days of, and this occurred, of course, in the days of Jesus the Messiah during the first covenant period of the Jews. But that's the time frame of this. Uh, that's who. Uh, that was their condition at that time. Now the condition changed within the new covenant. This idea, but today, if we go down the road beyond the, the covenant period of of the Jews, which ended uh, in seventy seventy three A.D. in that time frame, beyond that, 
And even today, even though the works of Satan were crushed and disarmed, if you will, they had no more power, the lie persists. It still persists within the hearts and minds of men. And they are the priests and prophets of this lie today. And all and are all those who as are all those who reject the words from heaven. When we reject the words from heaven, we are promoting the lie. We are delivering the lie. The the words of heaven are the sublime message of God that includes the terms of pardon offered to those who will believe through faith and obey with a contrite heart all the words given that men might be saved and added to the family of God. Now, this is a this is this is a condition that we find today. Um, we have the same condition, but it's it's in a different It has a bit of a different nature to it. Um, Just as the the Pharisees and the and and the priesthood and many things uh, of the first covenant resembled and were supposed to show the the trueness of their Creator, the one true God of heaven. Just as those institutions within the first covenant were to show these things, in fact, in the days when Jesus was speaking, um, there were many that were certainly not doing that work of the priesthood, of the Pharisees, of course the scribes and the publicans and and, and the so-called doctors of the law, uh, Jesus told them flat out that they were teaching the commandments of men, making void the commandments of God. That was their condition that day. We have a similar situation within the world we live today as far as men's religions are concerned. There are so many that it baffles our mind and we just... Uh, it's flabbergasting, if you will. The the depths of man's imagination when it comes to this sort of thing. What they believe. And, you know, people come up with an idea. When they look at the, the cults, all cults come from a person. And they have an idea. And they take that idea... And they go to the scriptures and they try to find scriptures that line up with that idea, taken out of context, bad grammar, wrong words, whatever you want. They build a so-called church around their idea. And they keep adding to that their rules and regulations. That's what we find today. But the truth of it is what Jesus is trying to proclaim here. He says in verse 45, Because I say to you truth, you do not believe me. That same truth today is not believed for the very same reason. The lie is more powerful in the minds and hearts of many people. But they have a chance. More attractive. And more attractive, of course. This this believe in 45 here is, it's active. It's their choice. It's their belief. They That's have right. control. The the you has control, and, and so do we. That's right. And that's how the grammar shows us there, that they are responsible for this. They themselves are responsible. Each one individually responsible for this. As you started out, many of them did, many of them did believe. And, and there were many there that were believing, that were hearing all of this, confirming what they probably already knew. Why do people act this way when the law teaches this? We shouldn't be doing this. You know, 
We shouldn't be following men's rules instead of God's. I'm sure many people were in that condition, just as we are today. It makes me think of, you know, Paul in Athens, and, you know, I presume you are, you know, very religious. And they were very religious. Those people that were arguing with Jesus were probably the most religious as, as in an outwardly form, let's say, of anybody there. But they certainly weren't the most honest, and they had been deceived by the lie, but they were willing to accept it. Now, that's another uh, another couple of passages speaking of people being deceived in the New Testament. If you check the grammar on it, you're going to find that the, the deception is in the middle voice. They are responsible for believing this. They're responsible for being deceived. They allowed it to happen. You see, they didn't. They were not deceived by Satan by listening to the, the words of, of the scrolls, the words of God read to them in synagogue. They were not deceived by that, friends. They were deceived by an outward force that they allowed to overrule what they knew was the truth. I want to go to John chapter 6 and read from verse 40 through 46 as to conclude my thoughts today. And we'll move on next week, Lord willing. This is Jesus uh, within the same gospel a little earlier. Um, and he's been asked, he's been asked by the Jews, what is it we can do that will be pleasing to God and, and be um, and bring about our salvation. Um, and that's a great question. And now he's going to continue on with his answer here, verse uh, 40 um, and following. Well, let's read 39 also. I don't want to cut this off. Jesus speaking to them. And this is the will of him. You see, they wanted to know about the will of God. And what was his will for them? And for their welfare, of course. And this is the will of him that has sent me. That of all that he has given me, I should lose nothing. But should raise it up in the last day. You see, this is a promise that through the, even in the Old Testament of the raising up in the last day of the covenant. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in him should have life eternal. And I will raise him up in the last day. The Jews therefore murmured about him because he had said, I am the bread which has come down out of heaven. You see, they didn't, they didn't want to hear that because, you see, the bread came down to their forefathers out of heaven. And they attributed Moses to the bread, by the way. He brought the bread. No, it was God that gave them the bread. And they said, Is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we have known? How then does he say, I come down out of heaven? Jesus therefore answered and said to them, Murmur not amongst yourselves. No one can come to me except the Father who has sent me, draw him, and I will raise him up in the last day. Verse 45. It is written in the prophets, and they shall be all taught of God. 
everyone that has heard from the Father himself and has learned of him comes to me. Not that anyone has seen the Father except he who is who is out of God. He has seen the Father. What words are these? And of course, Jesus says, closes this with, Verily, verily, I say to you, he that believes in me has life everlasting. I am the bread of life. And then he goes on to explain about that bread that they're that they're thinking about. He's giving them the true bread, the genuine bread, as it's called. Now, in that passage, we find the word um, draw that we need to always explain because sometimes if you haven't listened to this, these lessons before, this is a word. If you look at look at this, find this word in the Bullinger's. Uh, uh, Greek uh, lexicon, you will find that this word is uh, is not the word that what what people teach when when they read this. They're actually teaching that the the word drag, okay, or compel. Yeah, and and Strong's puts in here to drag and that's a real shame. And, and and it's it's a mistake. Because that that's not of course what this word means. Uh Bollinger's is, is much better. It is the 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 draw. It is truly draw. Now sometimes if we see uh looking at a car a bunch of cars on a car lot, we might be drawn to one. Why? Because there's some interest there we have in that for a number of reasons, right? That is the definition of what this is. The the idea of being drawn to God is the words of Jesus. This is what will bring people, this is what will draw them to him. This is how God allows man because God created man. He understands these things. We have the ability to be intellectually drawn to the concept, drawn to the words of Jesus. Toyota knows how to engineer a, you know, a vehicle that appeals to somebody like you or, or, you know. Right. And and that's, that's how this drawing works. That is it. It's not being drugged because I don't know about you, but human nature, we don't like to be a drug to places that we did not uh, intend to go, if you know if, if you know what I mean. People don't like, it kind of goes against our ways. The Americans are probably more susceptible to this than anybody. So when we see, when we see this in their sent me, uh, who has sent me, draw him, people get the wrong idea immediately that they're being overwhelmed by the power of God to come to Jesus and really it's not their it's not their choice. That's what Calvinism's all about. But they're wrong. By the way, Strong's is a Calvinist he was a Calvinist. Most of our uh, theologians and uh People of this sort that are are Calvinistic, they have this idea, this doctrine. They don't see a problem with it. But intellectually and and, and a true understanding of of the Greek, we have honest people that translate these words and give us the the true meaning as it's used in in this context. The context means everything here, of course. Um. But if it was, if it truly was that we're just drugged to salvation without our consent, why all of this? Why did Jesus have to speak to the Jews to try to con- try to convince them 
that he was speaking for the Father and this is what they needed to do? None of that makes any sense. That defies any, any logic. It's not logical. This is logical. This is what it is. We, you know, everyone knows that's listening to me today what it means to be drawn to something intellectually, emotionally, uh, because of the evidences they see. In, in Jesus' case, the, the miracles, both the ones they had seen and the one they'd heard of, the words of others, the information, all of this would draw them to Jesus. And as they were drawn to him, they would listen to him. The same thing, this is why the apostles went out to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. All about Jesus, what I know. In knowing him, you are drawn to him. And you will obey his words. And with that, we'll leave you today until we reconvene. We pray you have a blessed week as you are busy about your task for the Lord and that his word will definitely influence you that the truth and the way and the life are only found through Jesus the Messiah. We pray this in his blessed name. Amen. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.